Ballistic Sports presents Out of the Park with Barry Davis. Follow Ballistic on Twitter at Ballistic underscore sports. This week, former Blue Jay Jason Grilly talks about meeting his rock and roll idol. Best week of my life was when we won the wild card uh, game here in Pittsburgh in 2013. Yeah. Sean Casey, who's a good friend of mine, is, is a great friend of of Eddie and the band. And uh, Sean was calling me, revving me up. He says, let me tell you something. He goes, if you guys win this wild card game, he's like, the biggest surprise for you is like, we're going to have dinner with Eddie Vedder. Barry may not have had dinner with Eddie Vedder, uh, but he's had dinner with me. Uh, here's Barry Davis. Uh, not recently, though, Tom, of course, because, you know, the virtual dinner just doesn't cut it for you. But I thought you were going to mention the fact that, okay, maybe I never had dinner with Eddie Vedder, but I did meet Eddie. Yes, you did. I did. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, and more importantly, Jason Grilly's experience as we continue life after baseball. Although a lot of uh, what we talk about with Jason is looking back at his life in baseball while it's out of baseball. And the beautiful thing is uh, if you do have video, you know, if you have access to a computer, you'll be able to see a lot of this. And uh, among the things we do is Jason gives us a tour of his new place. And it's not this big fancy mansion. No, no, Tom. No. It's got character. It's, it, it's, it's a place I'd like to spend some time. A big repurposed barn that he's done by hand. Yeah. And we'll, it, is, we'll, it is cool. <laughs> we'll hear him talk about it here on Out of the Park. And if you uh, do want to watch it, uh, we'll put up some stuff during the week. Although the majority of the video uh, that can be seen with us and Jason Gurley will be for our members. But don't fret, folks. You can become a member. Right, Tom? Yes, you can. Just go to patreon.com slash out of the park. Three bucks a month, five bucks a month, or if you want to get really generous, we'll take pretty much anything you'll throw our way. Absolutely. But for three bucks a month, you get some fantastic, fantastic behind-the-scenes content. Um, you get these videos that we're going to be rolling out in their entirety, which is amazing. Like, as, as I said, the first one in, we get a virtual Cribs episode by... Jason Greeley. It's just awesome. And there's lots more good stuff to come. So three Absolutely. bucks a month, five bucks a month. It's awesome. So we'll hear part one with former Blue Jay Jason Greeley. Up next, folks, fans just can't seem to find a way to be happy about anything. We'll explain next. There's Tom Forth. I'm Barry Davis. This is Out of the Park. Ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, the first pitch with Barry Davis. And the first pitch and the entire Out of the Park is brought to you by the fine folks at Ballistic Sports. It's also brought to you by Raj Sapaya. I should never forget Raj, and we will hear from Raj uh, later on in the show. And, of course, uh, Tommy's going to be fixing you again. Yeah, he's helping me out. Yeah. I like this guy. Yeah, well, of course, free treatment. <laughs> As for Ballistic Sports, uh, you may have seen through our uh, recent videos over the past week, and you'll be seeing a lot more of them because, it, as we mentioned earlier, we're going to be Zooming uh, whenever we can. And we've got a Zoom coming up next week uh, with Todd Stottlemyre. That is, to me, must-see, must-hear programming. <laughs> not that this one isn't, of course. Yeah, No, not that this one isn't, but, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's one of those interviews, and I keep saying it, uh, with, uh, with Out of the Park. You know, every week I'm constantly surprised by how deep these conversations go, how uplifting they are. And, and yeah, this one was one that kind of left me spinning – uh, all day yesterday when we recorded it afterwards, and, and all day today, really. It's, yep. 
yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. I can't wait for people to hear it. And I can't wait for people to be able to get their hands on these ballistic sports games. Now, I was mentioning off the top, uh, we got that little uh, intro to our videos, and you can you get your first glance of what these board games look like. And if you are looking for something to do, well, knowing that you're not going to many Blue Jay games this year, even you know, no matter how many <laughs> games they play, it doesn't look like they're going to be playing in Toronto. So you're going to be doing a lot of sitting at home watching the games on TV. And most people that are sports fans, Tom, they can't do, they can't just sit and watch the game without doing anything else. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. We used to when right. I was a kid. <laughs> no, you didn't, though. You didn't. You kept score. Oh yes, that's true. Right. Yes. And that and 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 that's that's the great thing where ballistic shoehorns in, right? Because it is. I I cannot wait to play this game. It's that perfect little shoehorn, um, you know that that extra little augmentation to the game, that extra thing to bet on, that extra thing to have fun with. It's yeah, it's going to be really cool to get our hands on these and start playing them. Ballisticsports.com is the place to go to learn everything about these uh, three very cool games. Okay, so Tom. Uh, over the last week, there has been story after story after story after story of the Blue Jays, you know, uh, kicking tires on this player, or the Blue Jays are in on that player. And, mm-hmm. you know, every day you hear another thing. And there are a lot of Blue Jay fans that I have seen on social media saying, What's with these stupid rumors? Why don't you just tell us when they've signed someone? You know, why is this like, why are you keep throwing out all these names? Blah. But yet, I find that five years ago, when it was free agent time, and the Jays weren't talking about anybody, people were going, how come they're never in on any of these big names? They're never in on this. Well, guess what, folks? They're in on it. Don't complain about it. Maybe maybe we're gun-shy as, as like, a fan base, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe there were so many years where we weren't in on it that now we don't even want to hear that we're in on it because we just don't believe it, right? We can't really be in on it, right? These these deals aren't really going to happen. Maybe that's it. But what I don't understand, Tom, <laughs> is that, okay, right, the Blue Jays have not been in the top five spenders in baseball lately, okay? Yep. But they haven't been at the bottom. I mean, you think of the money they spent for Ryu last year, Yep. right? Uh, the money that they had, you know, paid for players that weren't even on the roster anymore right that's not a, a, a you know a team that's unwilling to spend money would say okay we're stuck with this guy we're not gonna have a guy that we pay that isn't even playing yeah it's you know what you're right it's it's really hard to fault them after this year after after kind of how it's gone um you can't really call them penny pinchers anymore. You're right. And and so, yeah, there's a certain amount of that sort of put up or shut up right now that you're hearing in the fan sphere. But I actually, I have hope. I really do. And, and I wouldn't have said that two years ago. But I have hope that it's going to be pretty exciting by the time, you know, January, February rolls around. We might see some pretty neat things happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, one of the names you see is uh, Juan Segura of the Phillies, who would be a great fit. Uh, there, there are seen a couple of catchers that are on the market. Uh, JT Remolto, that the, the the Jays are apparently in on him. So mm-hmm. again, I love it. George Springer would be a wonderful fit. How yeah, about bring? And, how about bring back Liam? Again. Yeah. How about bring back Liam Hendricks for a third stint with the Jays? Stude's coming off an All Star season. 
You know, he's he was lights out. What a closer he is. Yeah, and and I always love his story too. <laughs> yeah, and we he will be a future guest on Out of the Park oh, before beautiful. the season starts. Yeah, so a lot of names out there. I mean, for you personally, you know what would what would make you satisfied for the Jays to come out of free agent season with and without names necessarily, but what do you no, want? What do you think is a success for them? I, I think we want to be walking into next season saying as a fan base that our team has got a better pitching rotation than they did last year. Mm -hmm. So if I, if I wanted to see the blue Jays add anything this year, it would be pitching in the offseason, specifically starting pitching. Um, other than that, I'm just kind of, I'm excited at this point. I, you know, I, I think that we still haven't cracked the potential of this lineup yeah. and, you know, watching Vladimir Guerrero, I've got him added on Instagram, and he he puts up these. Oh his my workouts. God! Have you seen him? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I I feel terrible just watching them myself. I think he's like, serious finally. Oh yeah. You, you know? know what? I, he he's most certainly serious finally about about working out. Like he is he is seriously putting in the work. But you know, they had a season this year that no matter how you shake it was a fantastic season. And so I think that any good ad this year, you know, on top of making the team better, I think it'll be that morale boost, both for the fan base and for and for the team. And and yeah, we're in that terrible spot right now before the winter meetings and stuff like that where nothing's happened yet and, and people are starting to get frustrated, but it's COVID land too, right? So I think people are a lot more keyed up and frustrated than they normally would be at this point. Now, there's also a, a pretty good chance the Jays will be active in the trade market, which could definitely help them build the team. Now, I look at the Blue Jays roster. I think I'm looking at the 40-man roster right in front of me now. And I see four players that I would list as you do not trade. And it's Kevin Biggio, Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero, and Nate Pearson. Other than that, I mean, do I think Lourdes Goriel Jr. has the potential of being a, an all-star? Yeah, yeah, sure. But mm -hmm. if you can turn a Lourdes Goriel Jr. and a Teoscar Hernandez, you know, maybe throw in one of the catchers, Danny Jansen or someone, and you get a front-of-the-line pitcher, you know what I mean? Like, I don't see other than those four guys anyone that I'd say there's not a chance I'd touch them. Now, there are some people that would say, hey, maybe you do trade one of Bichette or Biggio. I, I just think that those three in particular are – what will win the Blue Jays a World Series? Yeah, I I find it hard to argue with that. I I really like uh, both Teoscar Hernandez and Luis Guerrero Jr. I I love them as players. Um, you know, you see that potential, and they both had that that similar sort of path, like outfield, infield. Can't quite find a home, but but some hits of of just offensive specialness. So. I don't know if they'd be untouchable for me, but it would have to be really good if I was going to part with one of them. Yeah, and that's the hard thing, right? I mean, you build assets, and I think I wonder how many. And you know what, Tom? We we keep talking about getting a poll back on this show. We need yeah. to get a poll up on Monday, and I think it should be after what you've seen over the last because it's now five years since Shapiro and Atkins took over. Yeah, and you know the the book is out now on how you would judge them, you know. Yeah. To me, 
I don't think that they're better than I thought they'd be, and I don't think they're worse than what I thought they'd be. They are exactly what I was expecting, and I know that's kind of a cop-out sitting on the fence answer, but I think they're a really good baseball group, the two of them. They know baseball, and I know yeah. a lot of folks didn't understand when they came and said, okay, Russell Martin's not coming back, Edwin's not coming back, Jose's not coming back, Donaldson's not coming and there were so many that said, why are you getting rid of all our good players? But let's face it, a lot of those players were near the end of their careers. Yeah, you could you could make the argument maybe about Donaldson, right? Um, yeah, the, but, he's the exception, but... You know, everyone else has had their their best years behind them. You know, I I find a hard time. I was not a fan of of Atkins and Shapiro um, when they first came in because I, for me, I think I've said this before on the show. You know, I I want that big swing in 1993 when Labatt owned them and just spent like drunken sailors, and and you know what. I, I pay Rogers a lot of money every month, and and I'd love for them to take some of that and and, and put it to the and put it to the Blue Jays. Um, but that being said, so like I didn't like the hiring on that because it was it, you know they weren't going to come in here and build like a New York style dynamo. They were going to come in here and be smart baseball developers and build a sustainable system. And it was really boring. But now we're five years in, and it's really hard to argue with their results yeah and, and I mean, we were in the postseason this year yeah. whatever you think of the season we were there <laughs> speaking at from a fan standpoint tom now now that you're a professional member of the media we mm -hmm. shall have none of that we crap oh go ahead i actually like it <laughs> i actually like it um so here's the thing if blue jay fans that were upset with how they did the teardown if you would have preferred that the Jays tried to stay competitive, so maybe they throw a little bit of money at some some free agents, but yeah. it still is not going to get them a World Series. It will keep them competitive and maybe in the race, like what happened with the Blue Jays for many of the years between 1993 and 2016. They never did a mm -hmm. full teardown, so it really was 20-some-odd years of mediocrity. They were yeah. just good enough to be better than okay and yep. they would just fill a piece here add a piece there and they never did what this organization is doing which is now building this team around a bunch of young players that they either drafted or traded for when they were prospects and are now all growing through the system together creating what could be a 10-year run of yep. really good baseball and and I will I will say, you know, the one ad addition I would put onto that is that I want to make sure I give uh, the credit where credit do is due because a lot of this building did indeed start with Anthopolis. As much as he isn't known oh, yeah. for that, this, you know, he a lot of these guys are, are, are dudes that were drafted by him. Mm -hmm. so, and that's the you thing know. you you can't. And there, that's the other thing. Everyone seems to think they have to pick sides. It's either no, exactly. it's either it's either Anthopolis or Shapiro Atkins. And the bottom line is, both have made great signings and trades, and both have screwed up. Yep. And you know what? Yep. You you don't when you screw up. It's like hindsight is twenty twenty. Mm -hmm. There are many times when a deal is made and people think, "Oh, you screwed up," and then they turn out to be great players. And there are other times where a deal is is just looked at as a wonderful trade, and it turns out to be terrible. 
So is that 20. is that the yeah is that the GM's fault or is that the player's fault? Exactly. 2013 for Anthopolis. Yes. I mean, I loved that move so much as a fan because I love seeing the organization that I'm rooting for swing in for the fences yeah. like that. And it's like and we, yet, we talked to Casey about last week, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. If you were to replay that season, they'd probably what be, would... you know, who knows what they could do. But they exactly. weren't supposed to be that bad. No, no, right? no, no. But, you know, would 2015 have gone as far as it did if 2013 didn't go the way that it did? Well, this is true. Absolutely. there are a lot of people on both those rosters. And, and you know, it's that common theme that we keep hearing on this show, that failure is a much better teacher than success. 100%. And <laughs> we're going to hear more on that theme on next week's show. Uh, mm. First of all, let's hear from our pal, Raj Sapaya. Foundation Physiotherapy presents The Medical Room. And it is time for our weekly visit with Raj Sapaya from Foundation Physiotherapy. Not joining us from nice. the clinic this week, Raj. You're, you got this, uh, you know, you and Tom have got like wood paneling behind you. Uh, yeah, this is my bedroom. <laughs> I'm not going to show you the rest of it. Uh, I've been kicked out of the other floors. That's okay. Everybody's uh -huh. on a device. So this is as, the only place to get quiet. As it's we just are. Me and, uh, it's me and our, our uh, furry, our canine friend. Okay. Last week, we got you to talk about an issue Tom had. And this week, we're going to talk to you about an issue that Tom had. Tom, <laughs> why don't you tell Dr. Raj what happened whilst you were putting your Christmas tree up? Oh, man. So, you know, remember last week we were talking about Morton's Neuroma, and you brought mm -hmm. up some really great stuff about how, um, you know, a condition like that can affect you in different places in your body. And so... You know, my other knee was hurting me, and, and now I think it's been an aggravating factor and something that's kept me in bed most of the day today. I was putting up my Christmas tree last night, and I reached over and kind of zigged when I should have zagged, and I felt, uh, almost felt like a release right on my spine, just above mm -hmm. the hip bone. And, uh, and I haven't really been able to move since. Uh-oh. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, no, I'm okay. I'm in good spirits. Yeah. But could this be related to my Morton's neuroma and all the limping I've been doing as well? It's hard to say. I mean, uh, you know, if we did a thorough assessment, I might be able to connect that the limping has created like an imbalance in your hips, which might have then, you know, created some weakness in your hips and back. And then when you try to go to reach over to bend, bend down and pick up something, that weakness is not, you know, Obviously, your back gets irritated because it's not strong enough to, to do that, right? So, I full assessment. It's hard for me to say yes whether it's connected or not. But you know, I I truly believe that everything in our body is connected. We never really work in isolation, right? So somewhere along our history, somewhere along our life, previous injuries and previous issues can create other issues. Um, but to be honest, Tom, it'd be hard to say unless we actually thoroughly thoroughly kind of assessed you and saw if there was a direct con direct connection between your foot and your back. There, There is an episode for another day. But what Tom did, uh -huh. it, it did make me think of the fact mm -hmm. that back injuries are very common this time of year because people are putting up their trees and reaching to get that star up top yeah. and maybe standing on ladders. Speak a bit of yeah. the dangers 
of stretching because I know many times where it's like, oh, I think I can, because I'm short, you know, guys. You're aware of that. I'm a little short. So I have to reach a little bit further for things. And sometimes I reach just a bit too far, and then all of a sudden you just feel it. What is that it that we're feeling when we reach too far? You're just feeling your muscle. Your, your muscles can't handle that reach. That's all, right? Uh, when we feel pain and we feel symptoms, it's when our body is taken beyond its limits. And that doesn't mean that that is your max limit. Uh, you don't have to accept it. You can train your body to have further limits. But given the function of function functional level of your body at the moment, my that body, is the maximum not your everybody's body's to go. Right, not your everybody. Body. My personal, body. not everybody's body. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, like mm-hmm. if if Barry, you kind of worked for weeks on your core and stretching and flexibility. Maybe by next Christmas, you don't have that problem, right? Well, so grow- it's, it's really about what our body's ability is, is our body's abilities. And whenever um, we start to feel pain and symptoms and overstretching or overdoing, it's because our body has overdone it. And there's two ways to fix that problem. Either we do less of the activity or we increase our body's tolerance to be able to handle more. Or number three, uh, when the pandemic clears, I call Tom over because he's a lot taller than I am. So he won't need the yeah, ladder. You can do that. Number three, you find somebody else to do the work for you. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So so what's the best advice for the poor, misguided saps like me who did overreach and who did overstretch and who find themselves, you know, feeling that incapacitating pain? You know, Mm -hmm. what 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 should we do right off the bat? You feel that pulling your back and now all of a sudden you can't move your legs. What do we do? Yeah, so I think directly, Tom, if you if you felt like a direct impact uh, and a direct um, pain, the best thing to do is to is to stop that activity, get get somewhere, um, lie on your stomach, preferably so you don't have weight on your back, and you know when you've done something immediately, the best thing to do is to put a cold pack or an ice pack on it, right? Because you just did it, you want to reduce any inflammation, you want to reduce any swelling because your body's gonna have increased blood flow, rest and put some ice on it and then see how it resolves over the night. Some people might want to take a Tylenol or an Advil, something over the counter might help, you know, um, but you want to give yourself at least 12 to 24 hours, see how you feel. If things aren't getting any better, the best thing, you know, my advice, the best thing is never try to self-manage, always talk to a professional, right? Whether that is a virtual mm-hmm. call with a physio or through a, through, with a physician, uh, my, my opinion would be just do a virtual consult with a physiotherapist, even if you can't go anywhere, right? Do a virtual consult. There's so much we can do just by getting, doing a thorough history and seeing how you move. We'll be able to figure out what's actually happening and giving you the right suggestions at home until you're able to come into a clinic if you need to. That was a hint, <clears throat> Tom. That was a hint. Get on the phone, call Raj, set up yeah. an appointment, and get this thing going. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, I mean, I think I think the I think the the, the thing is it's it's yes, you should, but. Um, mm-hmm. the, the reason, in my opinion, why a lot of people, a lot of injuries linger and a lot of injuries get worse is because people think they can manage it themselves. And I, it's okay to manage it, but if after like the first day, you're not getting any better, you probably do need some professional help, right? And, uh, I, and I always suggest people to, you know, talk to the right professionals just because like, we, we can shed better light on it. Raj, there are so many... Yeah, that's... Go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, that's the thing about backs, right? Because, yeah. you know, if you just talk to people on the street, you know, yeah. so-and-so's grandmother used a hot press and the yeah. other person stretches through it. Yeah. The other person takes a cold bath. And yeah, yeah. 
it's one of those exactly. things that if you do the wrong thing, you can make it so much worse. Yeah, uh, exactly. And it's good. It's good. There's so many things that's going on with your back and everybody has different demands off their back. Like, you know, some people might just might not need to do much with their body, but other people might want to get back to playing with their kids or jumping up and down or running or working during the workout. So everybody's, everybody's different and everybody's treatment is going to be different. That's why it's important to talk to somebody who can give you the right guidance. Raj, to maybe prevent something like this happening, um, there's got to be a proper way to, to do this when you are stretching. Because you think about it, if, say, you've got a little stepladder and you're reaching to put that star on top of the tree, you can pull yeah. something up in your upper arms, you could pull your back, you could pull something in your lower legs because maybe you're standing on your toes to get that extra little bit of height. And then, and then, God forbid, 100%. you fall off the ladder and it's a whole different mess. But Yeah, I mean, body mechanics is always important with everything we do. Um, you know, we don't, we don't want to be in too many awkward positions, right? We try to get away with being in too many awkward positions. Um, and, and maybe that means getting a higher step ladder um, or, or, you know, putting it on the tree before you put the tree up. You oh, know, I didn't even think of that. Oh, my God. Right? Are you... I've been putting up Christmas trees for how many years, and I never ever. Th and I've got a an artificial tree comes into three parts. Why the hell have I not I mean, been I putting? Part, a lot of people they want to save that to the end. Oh my god! Right? But oh, if you cares? can't reach the top, just put it on and then toss it up. I've got like, <laughs> oh, man. Well, Raj, speaking of awkward positions, you just Barry's been doing things wrong his whole life. Yes. Uh, you talk about awkward positions. You put me in one now. So we shall wrap it up and say thank you so much, Raj, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Talk oh, to you later, hey, guys. hey, no, don't leave yet. Uh, tell Tom and everyone well, else how they can get a hold of you or your clinic if they'd like to make a virtual appointment. Yeah, mm -hmm. you do really, just go online, foundationphysio.com, and uh, you'll be able to find all the information there to book virtually. Just go foundationphysio.com, lots of little links to book, book your appointment, and choose a virtual appointment, and, and one of our physios will be happy to help you. All right, we'll talk to you next week, Rosh. Awesome. Take care, guys. You say you will love me if I have to go. You'd be thinking of me. Somehow I will know. Someday when I'm lonely, wishing you weren't so far away. Then we will remember things we said today. You say.
Out of the Park presents Ask Barry Davis. A little music from Two of Us. That is the new little Beatles duo that Tom and myself have put together. And we're going to take advantage of this program, Tom, to play this music. Absolutely. I mean, we can't play it live for people. So, you know, it's our it's our hope that they enjoy it uh, while they're listening to the podcast. Exactly. We're giving it to you for free. Exactly. You do not have to. And you know what? If you like it, download it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we won't charge you. Copy it. Do what you want. Play it in your car. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to be uh, recording a number of Beatles songs, and we may just do whatever. It doesn't have to be Beatles one week, you know? Yeah, you know what? It's 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 all it's all having fun, right? So we'll, we start right. with the Beatles, and we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. In fact, if you have a request, if there are... You know, since Ooh, we're into yeah. the Asbury Davis segment way. anyway, if you have any requests, send them our way. And, you know, if it's reasonable enough, right? I mean, we're not going to uh, to do... Yeah, no know, Dragon Force. No, no, no. We're not going to be able to play anything off of uh, Dark Side of the Moon or anything like that. But uh, any kind of acoustic-y, two-part harmony songs, we'd, we'd love to learn and play for you. Bingo. All right. All right, it is uh, time for me to uh, answer some questions. And we actually have two this week, oh, both okay. from Out of the Park members... coincidentally yeah and actually i mean kind of three questions so um i'll start off with randy's question well first of all start off by telling our listeners how they can submit questions oh my go to patreon.com no Hmm? that's how you become a member how do you ask a question wow there's a blueprint for you i know i know all right so twitter (laughs) go on twitter use the hashtag ask barry davis or the hashtag ask tom forth you can also send either barry or i a dm on twitter at any point in time like a lot of our members do actually and uh you know if it's a great question we'll get it on the air and if it's a really terrible question we'll get it on the air too all right Mm -hmm. uh neither of the questions this week are terrible though no, we got some good ones this week, actually. Uh, really all right. good ones. Well, let's so. let's lay them on me, son. All right, Barry, with the possibility, this is what Randy, one of our OTP members, wants to know. With the possibility of signing George Springer, knowing he was involved in the Astros cheating scandal, directly or indirectly, mm. that he was a part of it, does he receive immunity? Do we just forget about it? Is it a blank slate where he lands? Or is it something that if we're going to go after him, we have to consider? Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. I think that one needs a little bit of thought on my part, Tom, because my first instinct to blurt out is, hey, if he can contribute to the Blue Jays like he did to the Astros and help the Blue Jays win a World Series, then I'm going to love this guy. Right? Um I think that I would like, if the Jays were to get him, what I would like to see happen is that the first day of training camp, when the media will get around him, that he would acknowledge, here's the deal. Yeah. I feel real bad about what I did, My any part I had in it. If he, you know, fesses up, but if he's really kind of coy about it and doesn't really want to address it or, you know, just starts making excuses then then i think then you you, that's when you can decide if you want to put some judgment on him yeah yeah i don't i don't even know enough about his role in the cheating specifically other than he wore the uniform Mm -hmm. exactly exactly and so do, do we paint that entire team i mean imagine if you were one of the players on that team that just wanted to play the game and and you know, it, it's an oh, easy you can't. thing. It's like being, it, honestly, it's like being part of a union. You, you, yeah. can't, you can't just say no 
right? You can't yeah. be the one guy that says no, even if you don't believe in what's happening. Yeah. I mean, you can be. The hope is, I mean, that's that's the hope is that, you know, everybody is that one guy and, and heaven forbid if you're not. But let's be realistic. Yeah, there's there's that, that team set, you know, that team mentality with that mm-hmm. group of people pulling for the same goal where, you know, what do you do? Like, do you whistle blow on the team? You know, was it one guy that hated what they, they were doing or was it 20 on the team? Listen, yeah. And you know what? At this point, I will take a guy that's going to give you between 25 and 35 home runs, 80 to 95 RBIs, mm-hmm. right? And it's going to hit somewhere in the neighborhood of 260, 270. This is the kind of guy I want on my team. Yeah. This is the kind of guy that I think. And to also keep in mind that he is not uh, a rookie, right? He's not a first or second year player. He's also not a guy who's over the hill by any stretch of the imagination. This is a guy that is right in the prime of his career and, to me, a perfect fit for this Toronto Blue Jays outfield. And if you have an outfield this coming season of Springer, Gurriel, and and Randall Gritchick with Teoscar Hernandez as your fourth, wow. Yeah. Those wow. Are, those are some great problems to have. Right? Like, yep. it, it's nice to not... It would be nice to not have to go, well, okay, well, we have to give Derek Fisher some at-bats here and there, right? Mm. Uh, I think that this, you know, would be a wonderful addition to this Toronto Blue Jays team. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't – the cheating thing, I honestly, it doesn't bother me at all because, you know, we're hoping that the Blue Jays we, – we, of course, think that the Blue Jays aren't cheating at all. So if you if, – even if he was a cheater, if you put him on a team full of guys that aren't cheating, what's he going to do? He's not going right. to cheat. No, exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Good answer, Tom. There we go, right? It's the opposite of the whistleblower thing, right? Yes. When nobody's yes. cheating. Nobody wants to be the first guy to start. Right. <laughs> Good point. I like how you turn that positive. Hey, we always got to try, right? Yes. All right. All right. Who's up next? Speaking of positive. Okay, so we've got uh, Matthew with a couple of questions. This is kind of a two-parter. M.W. Um, Bauer? Is that who we're talking about? Uh, absolutely. Hi, Matthew. Matthew, how are you doing, sir? Actually, one of our one of our OTP members that's constantly giving us, you know, some some great questions um, and you know some good feedback actually about the mm. episodes. It's really appreciated. So, uh, you know, Matthew this week wants to know two questions. Um, number one, when will the OTP members be allowed to ask questions of our guests again? Okay. Um, here's the thing, and we really enjoyed doing that, uh, when we had a a larger membership base. And when we did that, we would get, you know, four, five, six really good questions for every guest. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, the last few times that we were putting it out for questions, we would get one, maybe two. And it's to me to just throw in one listener question. You know, it's hard. And, you know, as I say it, you know, we're still losing members month by month by month. I mean, we want to welcome a brand new member, Christina, who uh, joined us, and we really appreciate that. But, yeah. you know, the, during the course of the last two days, as the calendar flipped to December, we just lost two members, right? So yeah. we're, we're, we, we were up over 110 members, and now we're down to 32. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, basically what we're earning on this show is $137 per month. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what we get to do this show. Um, our sponsorship with Ballistic Sports is something that we hope builds into something quite nicely. 
right? Mm-hmm. And and I can't forget Raj Sapaya as well. But yeah. for the work that has to be put into this show on a regular basis, and now we're putting even more for, for the few members we have left by producing these full-length videos as well. So, But if the members aren't viewing them, if the members aren't submitting questions, it makes it hard for us to, you know, put in that extra work mm-hmm. kind of speak. And I hate saying that because you're the only ones that we're, we're really getting any support from that way, right? And I know yeah. a lot of people are listening to these shows, but I know many are just saying, you know, well, you know, why would I pay extra when I can, you know, listen to this for free? Well, it's the hard thing. And I think you, you touched on, you know, a lot of really important points there. This is something that you and I have had discussions about because Patreon really is, is sort of a platform that a lot of creators are getting away from. And it's a platform that a lot of people are really leery uh, to give their money to anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, we, you know, every time we've talked about this, it, it is that we're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because the Patreon, you know, listeners, and I myself am still one, I'm still paying my dues. Um, and, you know, we've, we've been with the show since the beginning. And so, and, 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 you know, this extra content that we get and, and that we are, we're putting out on Patreon is so greatly appreciated that we want to figure out a way to, to recognize all you guys that, you know, that do support us. At the same time, we want to get OTP out to as many people as we can. So, um, you know, this started with an Asbury Davis question, but Barry, if I can jump in here and, and, and throw it to our OTP listeners, you know, if anybody has any ideas or has heard of anything similar to Patreon right now that people are more comfortable using, um, any great ideas, we'd love to have more away. So, Yes. Reverse Asbury Davis. <laughs> yeah. And also, I believe if you go to our SoundCloud page, um, there is a place where you can just make a one time donation if you wanted um, mm-hmm. to help support out of the park. And again, I, I know you're probably sick of seeing it. You know, you, you go to Wikipedia and there's a thing saying, oh, you know, could you help support us and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, uh, you know, if this is something that you enjoy listening to on a regular basis and, you know, you feel you could do anything to kind of help support keep a, to keep us going, um, you know, we'd be more than happy, and, you know, in anything you can do. So bingo. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. So uh, we want to thank you again for your questions this week. And up next, we're going to hear from a real fan favorite during his time with the Toronto Blue Jays. And speaking of fan favorites, uh, let's hear a little bit of his favorite. Jason Grilly, a huge fan of Pearl Jam, and uh, let's hear a little bit of that here on Out of the Park. I seem to recognize your face Haunting, familiar, yeah I can't seem to place it Cannot find the candle of thought to light your name. Little Pearl Jam here on Out of the Park. And why not? Because we have a huge Pearl Jam fan joining us from his home, Mr. Jason Grilly. Uh, You can't hear this, but we're playing uh, Elderly Woman Behind the Counter. I thought you might like that one. I don't know why. I like like pretty much all of them. They're... uh, they're all classics to me, and uh, thanks for doing that, man. It's good to see you guys again, and good to. I since I can't cr- cross border lines here. Yeah. As much as uh, lines, it's nice to feel like uh, I'm back in Toronto and Canada. I miss being up there. 
one of the trips I was hoping to make this this fall and winter. Yeah, it kind of sucks, huh? Hey, speaking of music, uh, did you see a little bit of my guitar collection behind me? I love it, man. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, good now, did I'm, you... I'm working on a few things. I'm playing some Chris Stapleton uh, stuff now. I'm trying to learn a couple of his new nice. songs. His new album really, really good. Really good if you haven't listened to it yet. So what got you into Pearl nice. Jam? Like, Was there a certain song or a certain moment in your life where something just resonated with you? Uh... Uh, just um, being a senior in high school at the 10 album came out, first album, and you know, grunge was coming on the scene going into college, and it was just... That was the that was the that was the rage then back then. So, um, you know, just something I grew up on and, and grown to love. I mean, the band has evolved; they're still together. I mean, you know, for for musicians to stay together and keep producing like they do, and Eddie to perform and the band to perform continually like they do, you know, they're legends. So, hard hard band not to like. Hmm. Now, now I won't try and peg you down to an individual song, but do you have a favorite album? Um. Yeah, I, I mean, ten is is classic. I'll just say the greatest hits, man. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest hits album is the one album you gotta have. How many times did you and see the them? one off that I like that they're on? Is 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 uh? It's more Chris Cornell, but they were they were good friends too with Soundgarden. No, I don't uh, the, the Temple of the Dog album is pretty good. I don't know if I ever told you this, but uh, when I covered the Cubs World Series when they won. That night in Cleveland that they won, after the game, I saw Eddie Vedder in the dugout, and he was, you know, busy yakking with people. But I figured I'm going to go in there and I'm going to at least say hello to him. So I, you know, was very polite to him. I said, "Nice to meet you," and blah blah blah. And he was just the friendliest guy in the world. And then I asked, oh, he's him, down to I, I get my phone. I said, "So Eddie, uh, any chance for a pick?" He says, "Yeah, sure." He reaches into his pocket. And gives me a guitar pick, and I I think I've got it here still. I'll, you can follow up, Tom. But you better I'll... have that. Thing. You better have that. <laughs> who was? I want right to know. Who, Barry, who was taller, you or Eddie? We, we, he was sitting down the whole time, so I would say I was. Like, my God, what? You know, I, I might. I might must... share with you the best best week of my life was. When we won the wild card uh, game here in Pittsburgh in 2013, yeah, Sean Casey, who's a good friend of mine, is is a great friend of of Eddie and the band. And uh, Sean was calling me, revving me up. He says, "Let me tell you something." He goes, "If you guys win this wild card game, he's like the biggest surprise for you. He's like we're gonna have dinner with Eddie Vedder because they opened up their their Lightning Bolt tour, yeah, here in Pittsburgh." And he, we had dinner with them, and he goes, "We're gonna have dinner with Eddie Vedder at the Clemente Museum, Roberto Clemente Museum." And he sets this all up, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" So of course, everybody knows we won that game. And I came home, I literally like hugged and kissed my family goodnight, and I said, "I gotta go." And I don't care if you're pissed off at me, and I don't know what time I'm <laughs> coming home. So I'm gonna enjoy one of the greatest nights of my life, <laughs> and sure did, man. And then we got to go. Uh, to the to the to, you know to the concert and opening night of their their tour and uh, unbeknownst to me they they brought me up on stage it was pretty crazy. Being that big of a fan and having that experience, does it help you maybe understand what it is like for a big Jason Grilly fan to meet you and almost kind of feel like ah oh, I don't know how to you know. Uh, 
I get, I guess, I mean, I wasn't, um, you know, you get to meet a lot of people in Awestruck. I think one person that I was, a couple people, my, my legendary hero was Nolan Ryan, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had a few people who were speechless and, and some kids at that. And it was, that was always a great film. But I tried to just be personable. Like you just said, Eddie was very personable mm-hmm. and such a nice guy. That is the greatest compliment you can get is that people just that want to meet you and you can strike up a conversation instead of just being, you know, it about being you, you try to turn it, make it about them and their experience meeting you. So, you know, I've learned from that, but you know, guys like Mike Tyson walked into my, our clubhouse in Pittsburgh. He was doing a boxing thing here one year and, you know, you get, you get awestruck because, well, he was a surprise. Yeah. We didn't expect him to come in there. That was like a lion walking in the clubhouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good thing he didn't like, punch you. Guy? Good thing he didn't punch yeah, you no, like he did no. Alan in uh, Hangover there. Oh my God, right? <laughs> but um, no, I just I, I've had some cool experiences, of course. I mean, besides besides the games and the championship runs, I could probably show you. I just I I, I bought a farm, a sixteen acre farm here in Pittsburgh, and uh, I turned the barn into my house. So I, I'm starting to put up all my my stuff and I have a legendary corner where it's all the championship games and oh, cool. I just put up my Toronto Blue Day. Uh, I probably could show you, right? Cause we're, you're recording this. Yeah. 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 Taste here. You got to give me, forgive me. We might go, I got to turn the lights back on out here. <laughs> but yeah, I've been, I've been trying to set up some, some of my stuff. So you can see here, hang on. Now how many acres do you have grills? I got 16 acres. Oh, man. So you kind of can see. This is a barn that I turned into my oh, house, man. That is really cool. So it's a big man cave. You got to yeah. come back down and check it out. That's the original barn wood from the outside of the barn. But we got graffiti doors, stuff like that. There's all the, you know, Rick was here. And I won't tell you what Rick wrote on here, but all bad. <laughs> you know. It's like yeah, we're doing an episode. Of, it's like an episode of Cribs with Jason yeah, Grilly. Well, I couldn't realize how much stuff I've collected over the years or that's been, that's been given to me. Like my agent, he made this cool picture of me. Uh, that's neat. Oh, wow. So, you know, just the, the old me there, but you know, like I said, my, I'm putting up all here. I'm trying to get all my legendary stuff, postseason stuff, my world series stuff over in this corner. Uh, even found my big league debut. There's a young cheese right here. My first big league win against the Braves. Oh, man. So, yeah, it's just, I mean, the stuff, I just go, I can't believe all this stuff's, you know, come out. It's just, uh, there's so much. I don't have enough wall space. I've been, you know, you get to appreciate your career uh, over and over again. Here's here's Russ Martin and I celebrating after oh, the nice. wild card. Mm-hmm. And this, this is the best thing sometimes. I, it's not, it's not really hung up right yet, but this is the bet. I hit my one solo shot, my one <laughs> 499 homers away from Cooperstown. This is the one I hit on the sweet spot in Montreal. Nice. You didn't go oppo, did you? Canadian team. You can see the sweet spot where I hit it. Whose bat? Was it right your? <laughs> was it one of your teammates' bats? Yeah. Do you... They used to make. They used to make. They used to make grilled cheese bats, dude. Oh, jeez. No, oh, that's this, is about, this is yours truly. Holy moly. So that one that one had to come out of the fall. Yeah. 
it's uh it's been fun man just reliving reliving my career here's the one i pitched for team italy that was in toronto oh, world nice. uh baseball classic so yeah it's been a it's been a fun thing you can see like I, i'm in a mess here of of just all my paraphernalia just bringing it all out putting it putting it together wow moving in and there's 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 the only glove i got left that's any good this is my dog glover so <laughs> that's the only he... dog that's worth a shit now it's a, <laughs> a good egg he's my sidekick he looks good and relaxed he is man it's, it's very cozy here down on the farm you know i was in the big leagues but i'm back in the on the down on the farm is <laughs> literally <laughs> You know, it, it's funny. So get, getting to, to see that amazing collection, uh, just before that, we were talking about, you know, some of the celebrities you've met. And and you were talking about how it was important to you to, to come off pretty good as a celebrity to yourself, the people that you were meeting. And so I just wanted to point out, I have my own little memorabilia collection behind me. And this was a card you signed for my six-year-old son. Um, and you were fantastic with him. And uh, so kind of wanted to share that with you. My, my memorabilia collection is not as impressive as what you've got going on, but I'm quite proud of it. Um, and just to kind of piggyback off that, you know, you've had some good stories of celebrity encounters. You got, you got any stories that may not be so good or may not have left such a good taste in your mouth? Who is the biggest um, a-hole you ever met? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the polite way of asking. Biggest, I don't know, man. That's hard, that's hard to go on record with. But I will follow up <laughs> Go back, rewind here a second with your son. Uh, that moment when you get that autograph, it was, I was actually in Toronto, and my first big league autograph was Dan Gladden with the Minnesota Twins. Mm. And uh, he made such an impression because I had Jose Canseco, who, you know, he was on a poster on my wall, and I used to enjoy seeing the A's and J's back in the day, you know, going at it. That was a kind of a, a big rivalry with both teams being where they were against each other, going head-to-head. -head. and um, we used to go up there for the Toronto and Oakland series all the time when I was a kid and seeing McGuire and Canseco, the Bash brothers. And I remember I had a broken arm and Canseco had a broken arm. And I was hoping he would come over and sign my cast. And he kind of snubbed me for whatever reason. I mean, you know, knowing that you can't sign everybody's autograph and get to it, my dad was like, oh, man, I was hoping he was going to do that. And, you know, you as a father telling him, like, you know, it was, it was a cue that, you're, you know, I came over and signed your uh son an autograph but i said I, I credit that to dan gladden he taught me and i didn't even know him but it was cool because when i was with the detroit tigers he was announcing and doing some broadcasts and i went over to him i was like dan i gotta tell you a story man i said you're never gonna remember this but i said you were my first autograph i said you made an impression on me that you took time instead of running in the clubhouse just to come over and sign and from that moment on i said when i make it i want to i want to do and i want i want a kid to feel that same thing you know, so using your celebrity status, it wasn't that I was trying to be uh, Mr. Popular or fan favorite per se. It was just that I remember just that little bit of encounter, a little bit of time, and every fan wants that one moment, you know, like, oh, my God, you know. And one of the best ones was a teammate of mine, Mike Trout. I wasn't there, but it's on a highlight reel somewhere where Mike Trout signed an autograph for this kid, and he starts crying and he's hugging his dad. I mean, you just you just don't know from the lens of what, you know, touching some people's lives for just a second to get away. And unfortunately, the madness that we're living right now, baseball wasn't the same, sports haven't been the same. It's kind of a shame. But mm -hmm. uh, I think you say some of the 
some of the jerks I've met have been more some of the fans. That <laughs> 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 Philly, they're, they're the worst, man. There's some guys that, you know, that we're, we're sitting up on Philly's uh, bullpen and the, the, the concourse is right above us. Yeah. And uh, I remember one night in particular, there was this guy who wanted to be Steve Carlton. He had a Steve Carlton jersey on and we're just yelling all kinds of profanities. And I was trying to be like, hey, man, you know, there's women and children. Be respectful, you know. Uh, I think he had a couple too many drinks. He started throwing peanuts at him, at us, so we, I wound up getting them, getting them tossed, and you know, I said, watch the rest of the game from jail. So if that's the biggest a hole I ever met, probably more of a fan than it was a, a player or a, uh, you know, even a media person for me. <laughs> I don't know if this was yeah. in 2015 or 2016, but when the Jays were playing the Texas Rangers in the postseason at the ballpark in Arlington. There was a night where the fans were getting so on uh, Joey Bats, like he was going back and forth with these fans, and then eventually uh, put up some towels at the end of the dugout so that the fans couldn't see. I don't know if you were there then, but I'm watching this going. The fans are like they—they're seeing it, and the more upset Joey Bats gets, the more they're going to get on his case. So, as a player, is it—is it just best to ignore when you're in a situation like that? You know, I think everybody's uh, level of tolerance is, is um, you know, different. Mm -hmm. And if Joey felt good to instigate it, maybe it was firing him up. Yeah. You well, know? you know, he, he can get fired up pretty easily. Use that anger. I mean, I, I used to use I used to use the crowd's anger, you know, energy, whether it's good or bad. Mm -hmm. I used it, so maybe he was doing the same. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's hard to say getting inside a, 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 an athlete's head when they're getting in a zone or you're in that fight, it's, it's so intense that um, it, it, it's, it's hard for a lot of guys, I think, to put into words. I mean, coming out of, of you know, looking at all my, my uh, memories here, good, bad, or indifferent, I think that's the thing that I'm even taking away three years out of retirement going like, God, how did I do that? And I'm so out of shape. Or I'm like, I tried to, I tried to do a sprint when I was up in Syracuse seeing a friend and I was being funny and I was like, I was breathing heavy. I'm like, man, I used to do this with no problem. I got to breathe back in the gym. As a matter of fact, I just ordered a Peloton bike today. Oh, nice. Because I was, I was, embarrassed. I was embarrassed by that, that display of athleticism that wasn't <laughs> too athletic. So I ordered my Peloton bike today. <laughs> Are you doing any throwing? You know, I, uh, just with my kid, um, you know, I passed the baton to the little Cheez-Its that I got. So, my 12-year-old really is getting into it. He's already six foot, believe it or not, at 12. So I'm like, oh. dude, you're going way too fast. Yeah, he's huge. Uh, he's, he's, he's almost he's as tall as I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. That's not saying much, Barry. I don't, I don't want to cut on you, man. You, you're, you're bagging on yourself. You That's leave right. yourself wide open. I do. One. I do. But, uh, but no, uh, Jace, Jace, my son, he's uh, he loves the game. And my little guy, Jaden, um, He's following suit too, man. Do you uh, do you do any coaching, or is it just enjoyment with the with them in the game and leaving the coaching to others for now? Well, you know, I, I like to to assistant coach. I don't care if I have to hold the clipboard; it's not important to me. Um, you know, they, they should they should make a baseball reality TV show. If they did pageant moms, they should do baseball dads. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I've had some crazy dads where. One of the guys I was actually coaching with wanted to fight me during the game. That was a pretty in interesting experience. Uh, so needless to say, I've 
I had to remove myself and my son. I go, we're, we're done here. I'm not even going to deal with this. It, it, you know, 11 year old baseball and the guy's trying to, you know, act like he was Tony La Russa, but, uh, and knew more than me, uh, about, about <laughs> baseball and amateur baseball at that. So I just let him have his day, let him have his time and let him, uh, think that batting third, his son should bat third and play shortstop pitch and send the field and be the superstar that, you know, being the coach, a kid's supposed to be the superstar. Apparently I said, you know, we're here to develop kids and let them learn the game. And yes, we want to win, of course, but, uh, you know, if you're picking a team and you're picking these 11 kids to play baseball, then I think um, they're good enough to play. Jason, that it sounds <laughs> like that's one of the things about being out of the game now that you have this opportunity to spend extra time with your kids. For anyone who's played the game at your level, the end of the career and then walking away from the game can be a real difficult thing, but there can be, again, wonderful things like having time for your kids. What's been the, the hardest thing and what has been the most pleasurable thing since leaving professional baseball? Um, I think the hardest thing is, is just, um, I said to my father, I'll put it like this. My father's career ended. He played 11 years and didn't have a long, a big year, big league career, but, his career kind of continued because he was able to enjoy mine and mine ended kind of abruptly. I didn't have that yet. And I mean, I'm, I hope if, my, if that's what my kids want to do, I'm not forcing it on them by any means. Um, but the hardest part I think was just not seeing some of my good friends. And I've been on so many different teams where, you know, even some of my best relationships with certain guys, uh, you know, not, not being able to call them for breakfast or, um, just, you know, you get busy and caught up in your own lives and everybody lives somewhere different, you know? So keeping, keeping up with guys that you play with and even as, as a fraternity, as tight as it is, uh, dissipating that and not being a part of that is a, is a challenge. I think too, transitioning just into real normal life. I mean, you live in this bubble of, you know, we have the, the lobster tail dinners and, you know, catered to on private jets and best hotels and, you know, exorbitant amounts of money to, to, to be a rock star and put on a uniform every night, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, it's, 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 it, it, I related to here. We're talking about music and, and sports. I just watched my favorite movie rock star. It's, it's, it's kind of like it. that. You know? Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, we just watched that about like a month that. ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think I introduced that about. movie to you, Tom, didn't I? You'd never yeah. seen that yeah. movie before. And I said, you got to watch, you've never watched rock star. Great movie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so to me, it, it parallels, you know, time in the game. You borrow it, and when you've had enough, um, you, know, you pass the baton. And I still love it. I still, I'm doing some things with amateur sports. Uh, uh, I'm with a company out of uh, my hometown, Top 100 Sports, and we're doing some analytics and uh, building these kids' player profiles, just mainly more so to keep them accountable to say, hey, you want to take it to the next level. This is a measuring stool in a bar to do so. So, uh, yeah, I teamed up with a couple guys, real polished guys up in Syracuse and they have a great, um, they've got a great complex called legends field in Oswego, New York, which is not too far from, uh, Cooperstown or Syracuse at that. And so, you know, just trying to stay in the game and a lot of people, I'm becoming more of a consultant, you know, because you try to stay involved with people and I'm used to being in full clubhouses with people. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, 
but yeah, just trying to stay busy, man. It's, and, and enjoy things in life that I have it, playing guitar a little bit more and uh, just, just like taking on this, this barn, which is a raccoon shit infested barn <laughs> at one point. Uh, <laughs> I turned it into my house. I thought it was going to be beautiful. And it is, it's uh, something I've, uh, I never dreamed that uh, would be so amazingly satisfying. So, so you know, being 2020 and, and, and stepping away from the game and the way that, you know, getting that little bit of space that you have now, what was it like as a spectator to watch the spectacle that was the season unfold? Uh, well, again, I, I don't want to downplay it. There's, there's a brand of baseball that I grew up watching and it is nothing like, I think as, even as I transitioned out and seeing the, the, the scores look more like first quarter NFL scores than, you know, the, the, <laughs> the Greg Maddox, uh, you know, complete game, 80 pitch game, uh, and seeing people not shifting and diving up the middle and, you know, uh, bunting being a thing, uh, sacrifice flies being a thing, squeeze plays being a thing, you know, I guess the game is different and, and we have to adapt. It's never going to be the same from generation to generation. It's, it's become more of a power game. So, uh, I watched a few games and it was hard to watch and it, it makes me feel old because I don't even know half the guys anymore. <laughs> you know, and I had to read up on this kid. So it, that part of it's interesting to me because I like to learn about the guys and see the guys like Garrett Cole that I came up, that came up with us and he used to tug on my jersey. He's like, Grill, how the hell are you striking out so many guys? I looked at him, I go, you got unbelievable shit, dude. Like you're going to figure it out. Just keep, be patient with yourself. Give it time. And, Look what he's done. The kid's a phenomenal uh, pitcher and one of the best in the game at that now. So, uh, again, I wish I wish this this organization here in Pittsburgh, I mean, there's been so many rock star players and, and good guys that come through here. It's a shame because we, we couldn't keep the band, that band together here in Pittsburgh. Russ Martin, you know, was an integral part of mm -hmm. uh, bolstering the staff and, you know, Andrew McCutcheon. I mean, it was just an unbelievable cast that we had. That, that a lot of guys wanted to come play here, but for whatever reason, you know, I don't want to go off on a tangent about Pittsburgh, but I love it here, and I and I, I've become a fan. And uh, just like everybody in the city, I, I'm hoping that one day, like the Cubs, we'll have our day, heyday here, and change that 1979 in this town. I gotta say, it has got to be one of the most beautiful views from the press box to just the beautiful cityscape it's it's gorgeous the ballpark itself is incredible but just the view is yeah. spectacular no it's it's definitely one of the best scenic uh park it is it's one of the nicest parks uh because of that i think um you know and like i said to see it how it was that wild card game the whole city uh played cincinnati that night i felt bad for the reds because they had to play not just us but the whole city showed up that night. And it was, it was pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, you know, like I said, man, it's just, it's nice to be able to have these kind of conversations too, because it just brings back that time where you can reflect and, and remember, uh, you know, certain things, certain situations, certain guys, you know, bring up old good old times. And again, like I said, I hate that I can't take that four hour drive from Pittsburgh mm -hmm. to get up there and watch a ball game and, Mm -hmm. I'm rooting for the days too, man. It was my favorite team growing up. Still, still is. And, uh, you know, I know they got a lot of, a lot of youthful talent uh, of ex big leaguers and, mm -hmm. 
and more to come. And I'm sure they're going to get out their wallets and, 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 and do some more damage there. I'm hoping so, because it, I know how, how much better that stadium sounds as well. And that, that city does love their baseball when things are the way they should be there. Grills. I remember during your time with the Blue Jays, and I'm sure it was probably for a big chunk of your latter stages of your career, where the young players would flock to you and, and you took on that mentorship and that leadership role for a lot of the younger players. Who was the veteran player that you flocked to when you were younger? Was there one that really stands out that kind of showed you the way? Um. You know, I, well, I talked to everybody, but, uh, you know, I didn't have when Todd Jones was a closer and, and uh, he was, he was a, a funny guy, still a friend, uh, not your typical um, rear back throw a hundred miles an hour kind of guy. Uh, but he's had successes, had over 300 saves in his career, but uh, he, he, he helped me out quite a bit with transitioning from, and even Kenny Rogers from the front side, he was a, mm-hmm. he was a reliever made starter. And then I had Todd Jones, who was an older guy when I, and was helping me through transitioning from being a, you know, starting pitcher to go in the bullpen. So both of those guys in my Detroit days, I had some pretty good conversations with them uh, that, that stand out um, that were integral. Like I said, having a world series team, when you have a successful season, you remember quite a bit more than when, you know, won five games <laughs> like we did out of the brave in April, that was a hard, that was a hard season to, to remember. It's one you definitely want to forget. So, right before I got to Toronto, was a was a treat when I when I was told I was going to Toronto. I, I was uh, elated, of course, just because it's, I loved wearing a Blue Jays jersey. But winning is the only way to way to live when you're in the big leagues. It's the only it's the only way to to go. It's hard to lose in the big leagues a lot. So. Looking back at your career, obviously you uh, played for some great teams. You played for some not great teams. Um, <clears throat> do you have any regrets? Is there anything that you missed out on uh, that you wish you had have taken part in? Um, any roads that you wish you had have taken? Going to a Pearl Jam concert with uh, me. I think that's one thing that <laughs> never happened. But <laughs> uh, Yeah, you always have some regrets. Um, um you know, I, I think I think there's things too. I think I I I avoided a lot of what what I had to deal with. I think there was uh, more I should have done in the sense, you know, of, of being young and asking more questions, or you know, not being afraid to say things. But you know, I came up in the in the steroid era too, where it was kind of scary <laughs> just alone at that. Uh, being a skinny, skinny guy that I was, it was pretty intimidating. So I think if, if I was regretful of anything, I think it was just that I, I should have been, had more courage to, uh, you know, really, really find somebody that at that particular time. And I was going through a lot of injuries early on in my career too, being a first round draft pick and I was bounced around. Uh, but I, you know, again, I, I don't, I wouldn't change a thing. I know that sounds crazy. I would have liked to make million more millions of dollars and had more success. Um, my success seemingly came late as a reliever, but I had to prove my and earn my stripes. So that's my story, and that's really um, a good thing uh, because I know as a person what it what it made me and how it developed me that way. Would I have liked to have been more of a superstar? Who wouldn't? You know, 
<laughs> uh, what I would like to make, you know, uh, a bigger, bigger, you know, boatload of money, sure. But uh, I can tell you, after having it, losing it, having it, losing it, spending it, whatever, going through it, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, I dress pretty normal every day. I go do normal things, and um, you know, I'm I'm enjoying. I guess I guess I wish there's so much to say. I guess I wish I could still be involved in the the competitive nature of that game and that intensity. There's nothing like it. It's hard to replicate it. So if there's any regrets, it's like you want to hang on as long as you can. But I hung on for 20, 20 uh, professional seasons. So uh, I'm grateful that I, I bolstered and and, and <laughs> bobbed and weaved for that long. So somehow I. <laughs> Somehow I tricked some people along the way to, to survive. <laughs> you know, and, um, almost every former major league player that we've spoken to has said to us that one of the biggest challenges about being away from the game is filling the competitive void in their life. They're so used to competing at a high level that they need to find something else to compete in. And whether it be a former pirate and former Blue Jay, Travis Snyder, he likes to cook and he wants his food to be better than anybody else's. And, you know, then you've got, uh, you know, Ari Dickey says he plays pickup basketball in a men's league just to get that out. What did you do or have you found something to kind of fill that competitive instinct that you have? I bought this farm, man. I don't know <laughs> shit about farms. <laughs> but I bet you, uh, you want to have I the rented best. rented a <laughs> yeah, I rented a skid steer. I got a quote from a friend to move boulders and line this driveway. And I'm up on a hill uh, on these these rolling pastures, the, the North Hills of Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, I was on the side of cliffs and stuff like that. You talk about adrenaline rush. And I almost had some close encounters with some some serious, could have been detrimental accidents. But uh, Oh, geez. Yeah, I, I, I broke a gas line on 4th of July. So, uh that was pretty interesting. <laughs> the neighbors were firing bottle rockets, and I broke my gas line. So I, I had Father Bill here visiting. I said, Father Bill, we better start saying some prayers, man. <laughs> uh, okay, if you want to talk about adrenaline rush, whether it's an accident or I'm, I'm creating it to be competitive, I've definitely had a few uh, things to keep me busy, uh, keep me challenged. But um, like I said, with I tried to even get in shape, and I wound up breaking my foot trying to get in shape again on my Achilles oh, foot injured so i had to add i didn't have enough screws and bolts in my body i had to add one more <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i think my, i think i think my time and god said you borrowed it long enough i think you just need to rest and maybe get a little bit of a beer gut to see if you can get rid of it that could be a challenge because i do like to eat so yes. i'm just i am finding ways that they might not be the the uh the ones you may think of but mm -hmm. That's kind of some of my challenges, especially going into the American Thanksgiving here, my favorite holiday. How is Thanksgiving looking for you uh, in, in this lovely 2020 COVID land? Lovely. Well, I figured, you know, I'm going to make good use of a mask. I'm going to stuff it with all kinds of food and just leave it here. Then I don't have to use my hands. <laughs> hey, I, you, you know, know I, I've I, noticed I, the biggest advantage... <laughs> The, the the one great thing about wearing a mask for me is I find I'm picking my nose a lot less, right? There you go. I, I can't get it through the the paper there or whatever it is. So yeah, so there's there's you know got to think of the positive things. But uh, you just got to get some 
the mask need? We, we, I mean, we're 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 breathing in our own petri dish of germs. It's awesome, you know. So, <laughs> it's a great way to great way to hinder your immunity. Yeah. How is well, uh, yeah. It, it, life on the farm then must be something you absolutely love, right? The fresh air, just being out a little chilly right I, now, but what's the plan? Are we talking like animals? Are we talking, uh, you know, you're going to be growing corn? What, like what's happening with the farm? I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at alpaca. I heard there's some profit oh, in alpaca. Yeah. They're cool. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. I'd like to learn how to grow some grapes, definitely tomatoes, mm-hmm. uh, some chickens, but you know, I want to get some horses, but I don't know. I, I, that's a big animal, and uh, right now I got this dog, so I'm good with just that. <laughs> I don't know about horses. I might have to get some 4-H babes to help me out with that. Um, but, yeah, we're going to start with food, and then we'll, we'll worry about the animals because I don't want the animals to destroy the crop. But Makes I also sense. even think about, thought about building a field of dreams up here, you know, now that I know how to use some – bulldozers excavators yeah. and skid steers i might build a field up here and um you know give out some kids some teach them how to do some slide step heaters up you know that's so cool tom you can bring your son out to pittsburgh and uh because tom's son is a uh a pitcher in the making and uh well crap we got tom uh pat that, Henkin, that young, we got that, pat henkin to give uh your your some advice uh who else gave you some advice Steve oh, Delabar. We've, we've had a few. Yeah. So Ricky Romero. Yeah. Ricky. Okay. So grills, what a little advice for Tom's 10 year old son, 10, right? Yeah. And this yeah. is, this is that young boy who, when he was six, you signed the card for. That's right, man. Bring him, bring <laughs> him down, get across the border, you know, bring some good Canadian food, bacon down for me. And Canadian beer, of course, because our beer is Canadian so much better than yours. That's right. I won't disagree with that. I drink Labats and, and all kinds of bloggers. There you, you go. There. I, I, I've enjoyed my time in Toronto. I wish it was a lot longer, but uh, like I said, as soon as they open this up and get rid of this nonsense, I'm coming. That's one of the first places I am coming. Nice. Okay. The advice for his son now. Oh, his advice for <laughs> his son. My God. Um, well, the best pitch in baseball is strike one. So, you know, you got to learn how to do that before you do anything. So we got to start there. Mm-hmm. You know, two's necessary, and strike three will be his favorite if he's a pitcher. Yeah. So we'll get. We'll. we'll I base. I base everything around that. How do we? How do we? How do we think about our pregame to our in game to our postgame? You know, because a lot of people that I'm finding in in this whole baseball dads uh, world. <laughs> is that they try to coach during the game, and you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the in-game stuff and yelling at kids—they're just—they're coming unglued, and they're just crumbling in the batter's box. And like, put your hand it about. It was like, uh, I can't. I could as a professional. I don't know who could focus on that. Yeah, doing anything. But uh, I guess then again, like go back to what you're saying, Bear, when when uh, Bautista was you know messing with the fans. Mm-hmm. For some reason, we we learned how to filter out and and have that slow, steady heartbeat. You know, control that adrenaline. I think that's a huge thing, and and everybody deals with with adversity and uh, pressure differently. You talk about being a baseball dad. When you were a kid, was your dad even able to to spend that kind of time with you, or was he in the big leagues at the time? Was he playing baseball and not able to 
be that baseball dad for you? Oh, I was, I was very fortunate. I was, um, about four years old. My dad retired in 1981 with, uh, with Syracuse, uh, chiefs, which is the, used to be the triple mm. affiliate for the Jays. Jays. Yep. Yep. That's why we grew up in Syracuse and he became the Sam Malone of, uh, of his sports bar there. But, uh, from cheers. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I used to wait for my dad on the front porch when he got home from school with our glove. And I could tell when he had a good day or a bad day, cause he came right out. He couldn't wait to play catch with me after his day of work. Um, and I could tell when he needed a moment to just come down from his day of work. <laughs> I had to wait a little extra longer, but yeah, we, my dad and I just having a game of catch and it turned into burnout because I always wanted to be able to throw harder than my dad. So my competitive juices was turned into a game of catch turned into a game of who could throw harder. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it was interesting to see. And I'm, I'm starting to feel the same way with my son. He asked me to catch a bullpen this fall and, um, he goes, dad, can you warm me up? All of a sudden I'm, I, I've never seen something come out of my son's arm and he did it so effortlessly. And I just was like, I, I got knocked back. I was like, wait, have you been holding back this whole time? You know? <laughs> I was pissed at him, but I was so excited at the same time. I was yelling at him. Uh, so it just, it's just funny. I think he didn't want to hurt me, but I didn't, <laughs> he was really, you know, had that in him because all along he just, He's, uh, again, growing, growing at an alarming rate, but uh, it's just fun. And not just him. I, I enjoy being around his buddies, and they always like, you know, like coming up here to the farm. And it's uh, it's truly becoming a all-American place, you know? Nice. Sitting at the farm. Uh, I bought this from a guy who was in the military secret service, and he left me his flag uh, that's been in Afghanistan, 9-11. It's been – Wow. There's a lot of stories here, man. It's it, – it's, um, and and to have baseball be here, it's uh, it's kind of fitting. Just a great place to kind of hang my hat after after a good good long journey in the big leagues. There is part one with former Toronto Blue Jay Jason Grilly. Uh, once again, if you would like to hear part two, and there's uh, I'll get another 15 minutes of, of good content from Jason Grilly, uh, you can join and become an Out of the Park member. You can go to patreon.com slash out of the park. And not only could you hear the part twos, but you will see uh, the video interviews in their entirety, whereas uh, anyone else will see a little snippet here, a little snippet there, but you can watch the entire thing um, with Jason Grilly. Bingo. How's that? Yes. Bingo. You can't get better value for your money. Yes. Well, this is true. All right. That'll do it for this week's show. See, I always feel like there should be something more, and that would be the poll, but we don't have a poll. So remember, we got to put up a poll on Monday. All right. You know what? That's that's what we're going to do this week. We're going to start All a right. poll for next week. All right. All right. Perfect. Deal. There's a, there's a reason why I got you on the show. Hey, hey. It's not my it's good looks. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I couldn't. I, my mom wouldn't do it. And, you know, <laughs> your mom would be better. Your mom would be better than me. Nah. I think she's she got some be. really good takes. Um, okay. <laughs> hey, you want to know something? Mm. You can always tell your friends that you know somebody who's met Eddie Vedder. So you are like, you know, six degrees of separation kind of thing. You like that? There we go. Or maybe you can tell people, I know a guy who knows Barry Davis. And they'll be like, Who? Well, yeah, and, and that's when I say, well, if you don't know who he is, it's kind of a big deal. 
I have many leather-bound books. Because you are a big deal. You have an Eddie Vedder guitar pick. I, I do. I do. <laughs> and I'm going to use it now. Folks, thank you so much for making us a part of your week. You've been listening to Out of the Park with Barry Davis. Thanks for joining us. Get home safely and see you next time.